You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? Kels Charles and Megan Murray here, and you're listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. That was record speed, honestly. And uh, <laughs> happy Friday, y'all. We have a little palate cleanser for you after a long, hard week. Um, we have our pal Jeff Cavanaugh joining us for Girls Talking Boys today. Hello, Jeff Kavanaugh here. Uh, formerly, I would have said of a certain radio station, but that's not true anymore. Now I'm just my own individual. I'm a person. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you. Are you trying to match the speed at which I introed this show? Serious question. I was trying to, but then I realized I didn't know what words I was going to say next, so I couldn't. <laughs> Honestly, I don't realize how fast I talk until I do it. And people like look at me like, um, can you just literally simply repeat yourself? Because I have no idea what you just said. None clues whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I will try to enunciate to, you know, actually make this show comprehensible for all you fine people. That's too slow. Go faster now. Okay, fine. We'll move up to 1.1, 1.2 speed versus the 2.1. Um, I listen but- on 1.1 on Audible. Do you really? Yeah, I'm a 1.1 guy. Okay, I actually was curious, like I, because I'm in school right now and I use this app called Speechify and it's, you know, I could do like 1.5, but maybe it's because I'm ADHD, but like 1.5 is just so aggressive for me. I cannot understand what people are saying or at least remember it. Yeah, it's too aggressive. 1.1 or 1.2 is the jam. Yeah. All right. Well, My frame of reference is just like listening to podcasts and 1.5 isn't that fast, but I, it's a noticeable difference. However, I talk to Kelsey on a daily basis, so it's kind of the same. Maybe I'm actually training your ears to just, you know, ingest data faster. You're welcome. <laughs> You're like, no, it's fine. Just a public service for us all. All right. Well, public service I have for you guys. Um, I do want to get your thoughts on a couple things. Because obviously it's uh, not necessarily a slow news day in the world, but in Cowboys land, there's, you know, for all intents and purposes, not a ton going on. Like it is what it is. It's the off season. It's totally fine. Um, but there are 20 plus free agents that uh, are, are set to hit the market when the league year begins again. The franchise tag window has opened up and... I want to get your thoughts. Obviously, since Dak has signed his deal, we don't have to have the conversation this offseason. Hallelujah. Like little victories in that regard about. Seriously, at least there's that, you guys, like genuinely. But obviously, they're not using on him. So candidate wise, 
Is there someone that you'd have a preference for them to exercise this option with? I mean, and again, not to totally just mansplain people, but it's it's with this tag option, it's obviously taking the top positions or top people at those positions and then averaging their salaries. And that's kind of how they get that number that they throw out there as to what they're going to pay that person for the year. So um, I think some of the main key guys that you hear a lot about are Randy Gregory, Dalton Schultz and Jaron Jaron Curse. So out of those three, or if I didn't name one, are you using it and who are you choosing? Jeffrey. Uh, my goal would be to not use it because the Cowboys are in a little bit of a crunch in terms of money. Also, okay. I have a question. Yes. Can a lady mansplain? Is that a thing? I don't um, I guess. I'm gonna go ahead and say yes for the sake of uh our, my argument and winning said argument. Okay, because I'm offended for all the women out there about what you just mansplained to us. Now, my goal is to not use the franchise tag because we just don't have a ton of monies. And I, the Dalton Schultz thing, like he had a good year and he deserves to get paid by somebody and he will. And I'll be excited to take the comp pick because I just thought that the Cowboys offense teams got to the point where they were daring you to beat them with your slot guy, your tight end, and your running backs. They weren't going to let your outside receivers do it. And so Dalton Schultz ended up with really big numbers. I don't think that he's a great or elite tight end. So I think you let that walk. I would use the tag on Randy Gregory if I had to, but I would rather just get a two or three year deal done. Sure. Uh, J. Ron Curse, I think whatever the tag would be for a safety, I'm sure it would be $10 million or more. I think it's like 11. Okay. That would be incredibly generous. 13, um, 13 at safety. Ooh, yeah, that's no. Uh, and so I throw in a wild card. Brian Anger, the punter. Whoa! I'm just saying, he's he was a really good punter. Why didn't we talk about this enough, though, during the season? Like, I got to know, because I feel like throughout the year, Obviously, there's a, a ton of emphasis on special teams, but not him. It was, you know, we, we won't even go there. But why were why was it until the offseason, or was I just not paying attention, that we all decided to be like, yeah, he had a great year? I don't think people pay a lot of attention to punters in general um, unless they do something wrong. So we didn't have to worry about him. Yeah, I um... – the second half of the year when we would do every week, like your three best players on offense and defense from a game, I used Brian Anger a lot. And part of it was a joke because you couldn't find three good players on offense or whatever. But I mean, he was probably one of the two best punters in football throughout the year. So uh, I don't know with the punter franchise tag off the top of my head either, but I'm interested in keeping Brian Anger around and he was a $1 million player this year. And if the rest of the league was paying attention, he's probably about to be a three or $4 million punter. So keep my punter, figure it out. 4.8 million. Jeez. He's a punter. You See, guys, that's, the, that's my brain fighting my own brain where I'm like, look, I want to keep the punter. He was great. And it's like, yeah, but he's also a punter. <laughs> I'm just saying I genuinely am going to have to raise a punter, a kicker, or a long snapper. Like those are the three or a baseball player. Unless long snapper is a good idea. That's what I've always thought is there's not going to be a lot of competition. Like at six years old, not a lot of people are deep snapping. So if your kid is, I feel like you've got the inside track to at least a scholarship. And if you can get to the league, you can get 15 years out of that. You don't have to be able to block. You don't have to do anything, but snap the ball. It's a good yes. plan. 
honestly, I actually know someone personally whose son did that. I mean, he said like, he was smart and he also works in sports. So like, maybe that's how he knew, but he sent his kid to IMG Academy and then he ended up getting and playing. I think he might've walked on at Alabama and now he plays for Carolina. Like he just got into the league like last year. So, I mean, and he'll be in the league for 50 more years, just like LP. Oh, do we lose Meg? I think she's muted. Okay. Oh, no, I, so I mute my uh, microphone when my dog is going to town on her toys, which she's doing right now. Oh, okay. Well, perfect. Um, all right, <laughs> Meg. So I, I got to ask you, Yes. would you be okay? Like franchise tag wise, like losing any of those guys or that I mentioned or uh, above all, are you like, Hey, listen, just make it happen. Like Randy Greg, I feel like I'm, I'm going to guess that you're going to say Randy, but like, <laughs> I just, I need to get clarification and verification from you. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like you could probably guess where my head is at um, as far as um, the three aforementioned players goes. Um, I want to do anything that we can to keep Randy. If I'm the GM, um, which I'm not, but, uh, yeah, I, I would like to do anything to keep him. If that means franchise tagging him, I'd be open to that. Um, I think there is a deal to be done though. Personally, I, I think I've said that. I feel like I'm not saying he's going to give you a hometown deal, but I feel like he's more, he'd be more willing to, um, work out a deal than, um, if that, if it came down to it. Do you think that's likely Jeff, just based on like everything that, that Jerry has invested in him? Like, I, I guess, I mean, I, I should probably should ask Bobby this quite honestly, because I know they're, they're tight, but like, we're so player friendly for the most part, you know, and we're always like, get paid, go get your money. Like the average tenure in the league is only three to four years. Like you, especially when you see catastrophic injuries happening regularly, you're like, this is why we tell guys go get paid. And like, we shouldn't be solely worrying about only the team perspective, but do you feel like because of everything that this team hasn't invested in him, that maybe he'll look at things differently when it comes time to you know sign that paperwork? I think a little bit. Um, and I've talked to Bobby about this and I'd like, I think we're in agreement that with Randy Gregory, like he does, he is appreciative of the Joneses and of the Cowboys organization. They are fans of his, they want him to be here. He wants to be here. So is there a hometown discount to be had? I believe the answer is yes but you have to be competitive with what he can get. Like, it's not like if he could get, let's say he could get $14 million a year and the Cowboys are like, how about eight? I think that answer is going to be absolutely not, but can you get a little bit of give from him? Maybe. And if the answer were no, I, I think it's hard to blame anybody, right? Your earning window is small, especially in Randy's case where because of the league's stupid archaic rules about mental health, he didn't get to play for so long. Um, so yeah, I think he has an appreciation for them being with him and standing by him and helping him out in different ways. And, and that will help them in the negotiations, but I think you got to get close at least. Yeah. I, I, we won't even like go into that because we're so aligned, but like, you're so right. It's so archaic. It's so archaic. Their rules on. Yeah. It's, it's criminal quite frankly, but um, anyways, well, let's stay on the topic of, you know, defensive and because my answer to would be ready. That's just where my head's at. I feel like, you know, he's going to bring the most value to the team. I do eventually want to get your thoughts on, you know, Jarwin versus Schultz and like what kind of role he could fill. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Cause I think that's an interesting, 
interesting conversation to say the least, but Micah Parsons obviously has been a massive talking point for this team throughout the year, especially off, obviously the off season, everyone's just obsessed with him and rightfully so. But I think the main component that just had people in awe of, of his skill set was his versatility, right? And it just, you know, again, I talked to his coach right after he was drafted from Penn State and he was like, yeah, he literally can do it all. So going into this next year, like, do you feel like a move to defensive end permanently would ever be something that this team would consider? Do, would you want them to consider it? Or do you feel like let's keep him in this flex position where you never quite know where he's going to come at you from. And that's what is partially his secret sauce. I think Randy is basically one of one in the NFL. So he's unique enough that you probably don't have to declare what his position is, but I am in the camp that I want him rushing the passer as much as possible because that's just in during most weeks, that is just more valuable than playing off the ball linebacker. So I want him lined up and rushing the passer a ton, but there are games like even the San Francisco game, it might've been better having him playing at linebacker where he was because he was the guy who kept getting sideline to sideline and making all the plays on Debo Samuel or Elijah Mitchell or whoever's running the ball. And when, um, when you would have Jimmy pull the ball, like Parsons was all over the place. So I, I do, th I don't think there's another linebacker in the league. I guess maybe Von Miller could play off the ball and be really good at it, but there's not like, he's incredibly unique to be built the way he is and be as good as he is naturally at so many things. If he played enough snaps there, I think he would have qualified as the best pass rusher in the NFL amongst defensive ends. He either went in first or second with his pass rush win rate. So like he's incredible and pass rush is King. So I don't have to call him a defensive end or an edge guy, but I want him lined up there a ton. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Meg, what are your thoughts? I think we have the luxury of not having to do that. I guess if we had lost um, Dan Quinn, then I'd be a little more um, like keen on really saying that he's in a certain position. But the fact that, you know, you do have someone that understands him so well and understands the game so well, I think that you can – having him as a flex is just – is kind of a flex. So – I think it's perfect. And I think that Dan Quinn staying really um, gives you that ability. How unique do you feel like it is, Jeff? Just curious, like, I don't know. I always, you hear a lot about like the transition from 
high school to college and then college to pro with some of these guys that just completely switch positions. And, you know, like I, I know that's not exactly what he did. And my brain at first went to like DeMarcus Ware. I was like, oh, he was, you know, depending on the scheme, he was one thing or the other, but that's not even a fair comparison just because Micah's just so freaking dynamic, right? Like, but how, how difficult do you really think those types of transitions actually are? I mean, you played and like, I know like wide receiver, like the, the typical switch, if you are going to make a switch would probably be more to go to the secondary. But even in my conversations with someone like, um, Duke Mannyweather, our, you know, of, of O-line masterminds, he was like, no, like going from guard to tackle is not easy at all. And so it just feels like diving into what it actually would take to, to be able to do those things in two different positions and do them well, we may not even be giving it the credit that it deserves. I think for most people, it's a mom and dad thing uh, in terms of DNA, like, you take the Cowboys roster. There's at least one other guy on the roster that it's a much different position, but like Zach Martin's an all pro guard and he could go to a pro bowl at tackle when he had to slide out and play right tackle. Uh, no problem. Like he can do it. And it's just yeah. because he's that freaking good uh, linebacker and pass rusher are probably even more different considering how different where you line up is and what your role is on every given play. I think it's just, it's a credit to just what a freak Micah Parsons is. Like he was, now he was a defensive end in high school, but still to be like, Hey, yeah, I played that in high school. Watch me dominate at the NFL level three or four years later. Like that's absurd. Uh, and he's not built like a pass rusher supposed to be built in the NFL. If you were going to draft a pass rusher really high, one of the things they're going to ask is how long are his arms? I need him to be 33 inches or longer. And these <laughs> are like 31 and a half. He's just such a freak athlete that you can't stay between him and somewhere that he wants to go. Yeah. Uh, so he is hashtag blessed. I didn't look at Megan likes to do this and I, I'm just too ADD to do it myself, but to go back and like, listen to what our thoughts were on when he was drafted, you always watched ton of tape. Like what was your analysis of him? Like as a player and were you personally like excited for him or, or were you kind of of the, of the opinion of, I would have preferred to go straight secondary. I think when they went into the draft, I said that at 10, they ended up picking him at 12, that at 10, the person I wanted them to pick the least was Micah Parsons. Like that was my least favorite outcome. Why? Because I did not know the pass rusher stuff. At, at Penn State, he played linebacker. You didn't see him line up on the end of the line of scrimmage and go destroy offensive tackles. Like you knew he could blitz up the middle and get pressure on a quarterback. But in today's NFL, I just think that linebackers who play off the ball and aren't pass rushers, they don't have the same value as a lot of other positions. I, I did not know that Micah Parsons within a couple of weeks of the season starting when you had an injury was going to line up as a defensive end and go dominate as a pass rusher. If I knew that, that changes everything. I thought they picked a guy that was going to stand back there, play linebacker, tackle running backs, drop in coverage. And I did not want to pick that in the top 10. So it's, it's a credit to whether it's the Cowboys knew that he, that he had that in the tool bag, even though it wasn't on his college tape, right. Or whether it's Dan Quinn, once he got him in camp, realizing that was there, that makes all the difference in the world from like, I did not want a linebacker. I do want Micah Parsons. Why do you think that Penn State didn't utilize him in that way? Because I just, 
it felt like when I, again, like when I talked to his coach, like he was just preaching about his freakish ability and his, just the versatility that he brings to the table. So why was it so linear in how they, they used him? My guess would be in college. And I think he told us this before at one point, like in college at Penn state, their defensive, whatever they called defensively for Micah Parsons, it was all the same. It was go. So you put him in slap in the middle of the field, five yards off the ball and go get the ball. And like that works and that works in college. Yeah. The, the freak guys. Yeah. Just build everything around them and just let them run. And that's what they had him doing. And he was absolutely phenomenal at it. Once you get into the NFL, I don't think, Hey, go out there and run is going to work. And you have to more define what the role is going to be. And it's just a credit to him that he was able to take on multiples. Yeah. It is pretty incredible when you think about it. Like I just, you know, he's truly like a Swiss army knife. Like he's a freak. He's a freak. He's a freaking freak. I mean, and, and even I know like it's, it's, I know like cheetah wasn't fully a hundred percent going all out, but like even to be like competing in those types of races, I'm like, God, like, what can't you do? Like genuinely, what can you not do? Like he's incredible. Yeah. He's goofy. Yeah. I mean, even like Tyree kill. Yeah. Wasn't really running, but that's a, running back and a cornerback that he was running against and he smoked him. And I knew he would because he's a four, three guy. That's his 40 time. Michael Parsons yeah. is not human. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I, I want a rematch of that, by the way. You what? <laughs> I think we are, we, we needed a rematch. Like I want to see, I know it might not be the same, like be fair, but I still think like, I want to, I want to see it just Micah and just Tyreek. I think I'd pay money for that. Who was the I guy would. that went and like, actually tried to qualify at only three trials. DK Metcalf. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want Mike to race either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of do just for fun, but like, I don't think he'd win necessarily. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I love that. I segue that perfectly because um, I, you know, Megan had a really great question that, I need to get y'all's opinion on. And I kind of need to think about it myself to be totally frank with you. Um, Cause I was so excited on it about it. I just jumped on said zoom call to, you know, ask your y'all's opinions, but um, Cowboys players in the Olympics. Like I personally big Olympics fan. And I just like to like have it on like all the time. I think I prefer um, winter over summer, but I also just love it all. And if you had to pick players on our team, who would compete? I'll go ahead and give you like all Olympics, not just winter. Who would it be? I, I think Micah Parsons is just so freaking talented at everything that it would be him. And I don't know what he's going to th do, whether he's going to throw a discus or a javelin or whether I'd really like to see him Greco Roman wrestle. Um, <laughs> like I wouldn't want to fight that guy. I wouldn't want to compete against that guy in anything. And I feel like Micah Parsons would take whatever he was going to compete in and probably go medal. Not seriously, but like that would be his mindset. He'd be like, yeah, I can, what are you talking about? Of course. Yeah. I can be the best at this. Um, either put a javelin in his hand or let him wrestle. I like that. I'm like looking at all the different potential options. There are like fencing, like, or equestrian figure skating. Like who's going to be the figure skater? Like would I, who would I put in figure skating? Cooper. Oh, really? That's just one I would pick. Graceful, smooth, 
Uh, and in his case, I think he's got plantar fascia, so we don't want to put his foot on the ground. We'll put a skate on the ground, put some okay. cushion in there. Yeah. Great. There's also shooting. Like, I feel like, honestly, if Chris Jones was still around, I'd probably pick him for that because he was pretty country. And I feel like he's always, you know, oh, no, LVE in shooting. I was about to say. <laughs> Free agent. Can't, doesn't count. Oh, no, I'm counting it for the sake of this argument. A hundred percent, like a one thousand percent. He's who I'm choosing for sure. Rhythmic Tyron gymnastics. And, Tyron and Lyle are both pretty country. Yeah, but I feel like is fishing. Why is fishing not an Olympic sport? I feel like fishing should totally be. Is it not? Wow. No. Olympic fishing. Do you guys understand like fishing? There's major league MLF, Major League Fishing, like it's a big deal. I had no idea until I worked at my old job, like how big of a deal fishing was. And it's it's actually alarming. Like there's an entire industry around it. So there's that. Yeah, fishing um, kicks ass. Fishing does kick ass. Okay, Meg, what about you? Who who's on your list? I feel like you probably have some good ones. Well, just like I was gonna say, I can't believe you were about to skip over LBE, but like, did you watch any of those competitions where you have to like ski? um like down a mountain and do like some tricks or something and then like you uh have to hit a shot and like get it before somebody else to win or whatever and you're like it's like a speed archery or whatever i think it's like their biathlon yeah. right there's yeah ski and then they shoot yeah yeah that he could do that lve i believe yeah I, for sure i could totally see that i feel like but also also low-key um Ty or Trayvon Diggs. Um, after watching uh him and Micah do those like really dumb competitions, like he could win something like maybe a little table tennis. So he could he has hands like that. Oh they don't always find the ball, but they might find the small one. I pictured Zeke in either the summer or winter games that Zeke would really be interested in doing like the snowboard half pipe and doing tricks. Yes. Or like skateboarding in the summer games. I could see yes. Zeke doing that. I also could see Zeke doing like luge or something like that. Like I could totally see him do that. He'd be like, yes, send me down this icy pipe to my potential like peril because this is terrifying and amazing. Like I could hundred percent see him doing that. Zeke and Parsons in a two man bobsled. I think that'd be fun. Oh my God. Done. <laughs> like, give me that every day. What about D law? Like what, what do we think D law would do? Do you think we could actually get him into something like maybe, maybe like, why do I feel like he'd be good at sand volleyball? Like sneaky. Mm, that's a pretty good one. Honestly. I think I would have put a discus in his hand. Do they still do the, the hammer throw. Do they still do that one? I don't even know. I'm not I feel sure. like I would have him throw things. Like he's a big, strong, long limbed guy. Get out yeah. there and throw stuff. Oh, break dancing is apparently breaking is what it's called. Breaking. <laughs> Guys, I'm dead serious. I have a bone to pick with the OPC. If break dancing, not that I'm dissing it, but if breaking is an Olympic sport and fishing isn't, like, what are we doing wrong here? Something dumb. I mean, I know in school you can take fishing classes because our, our buddy Hunter took angling at Stephen F. Austin, and I know that that was a real thing. So if it's a if it's a class, it should be a sport in the Olympics. Is bowling a sport in the Olympics? Um, no one knows. Impossible to prove. I actually no. I'm on the Olympics website right now. Like, no, nope, no one knows. 
for you. Possible to know. That should also be one. Bowling is it's always on ESPN. Like you know, it's like bowling and and poker. Why is that not an actual sport either? They have a they always have cornhole on there too. What are the criteria for this? I have questions. You guys seen the new tag that's on TV? No. What? Okay. Yes, I have. It's incredible. It showed up on my TikTok yesterday and I sent it to Dave and I was just like, this is me running away from my problems. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. It's like they're, they're in a room that's like an obstacle course and it's just, there's a yeah. clock and you have to be able to tag the other person and they're playing keep away from each other and it's incredible. Are you serious? What? Who's playing yeah, it? It's where? freaking awesome. Are people, is this a sport? Yes. Like they're super athletic Apparently. and they're, they're like a combination of of gymnast and CrossFit and sprinter. Like you run around an obstacle and you dive under it and you do whatever you can to try to stay away from the person. That sounds like legends of the hidden temple. If you're asking me. Yeah. Just faster. It's the people that uh, peaked in elementary school. I, my anxiety has a lot of problems with that concept. I just need to put that out here. Like the concept (laughs) of like you locking me in a box with a person trying to chase me. Like, are you kidding me? No, 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 no. But no. Like he'd get his hurdle back if he got in there. I mean, probably. What about Dak though? Like, I need to know what you guys think Dak would do. I'm, I'm like, there's trampoline, taekwondo, table tennis. No, he's a quarterback. He's not allowed to do anything. I don't know. No, he already got hurt. He's not allowed to do anything ever again. I'm putting him at home. He, okay, fine. Let's make him do, he can do, he can uh, drive the bobsled. He can be the driver. Or about art, artistic swimming, because don't they do like swimming for rehab too? So like this is like a two in one, like a two for, if you will. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd love to see him flailing about all dainty like. <laughs> <laughs> he can't, flailing but he can do swimming stuff. Like he got them big old hips. It just wouldn't look right. I don't know. Like curling. I could maybe like curling could be kind of cool for him. Or. Curling uh, is a drinker sport. So who's the big drinker? Actually. I know who could do that. Neville Gallimore, the I Canadian. Gonna, I was going to say Kyle Orton because, like, he's yeah. always going to be – whenever I can put him in a conversation, like, that's going to happen. What? Kyle Orton would be great. Kyle Orton card away. I'm just saying, like, Kyle Orton I, – I keep Kyle Orton relevant, and I'm here for it. Kyle Orton would be great at yeah. curling. He really would. Just, I just feel like that's a gimme. It's an actual gimme. I mean, I'm here for it, I guess. Yeah. But Neville Gallimore would kick ass at the uh, at curling because it's a it's a drinker's game and it's a Canadian game in my brain. I'm here. For I have that no logic. idea if that's factual. I'm 100 percent here for that logic. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm I'm just I'm I really I'm gonna do a little research. I'm gonna be honest with you guys on like the criteria for how you get approved for Olympic sport. Um, Kelsey's gonna make up an Olympic sport and submit it. We're all going to try out for it. I did that one time because I think you have to do like regional qualifyings and a lady went to one where there weren't enough people that did it. And so she was doing the skis in the half pipe thing where you go down and you jump real high and you do tricks and you land and you go back down the half pipe and you keep going. And she just, she just kind of went wee back and forth and never did anything, but she finished. And so she got to go to the Olympic qualifying. That what? Is the strategy? I got to work the system. Figure out where there's no competition. Wow, I'm, I'm gonna go to like a rural town and like do mall walking as or like it's it's called speed walking, but it's essentially mall walking. I don't think you know how fast they're going. 
Are you kidding me? Speed walking is one? What are you they talking? Speed walk, they speed walk way faster than I could run a mile. They speed walk a mile way <laughs> faster than I could run one. Where is this a sport? Are you being serious right it's now? The Olympics. Yeah, look up walking Olympics. No. And they have they have refs that watch the whole time. And so sometimes you'll have a ref run out into the middle of a pack of people and stand in front of a guy and like raise his card, which means that you, you didn't have me? one foot on the ground at all times. You have to have one foot on the ground at all times is the rule. And if you get flagged three times, you're out. Jeff, how do you know so much about this sport? Because it was on TV while we were doing a show whenever the Olympics were, and I was cracking up. Oh, my goodness. Because they look incredible. And then I looked up how fast they go, and I was like, oh, I'm going to stop making fun of them. You know, now, <laughs> now that I'm, I'm... Okay, maybe I couldn't do it. Do you think that they still have those? I'm sidebarring real quick. Do you think they still have those? Remember those like kid zones, discovery zone, discovery zone. That's what it was called. Do you think they still have those? I yes. hope so. Do you think we can rent that out for my birthday as like my birthday party? <laughs> I always loved to go there when I was at an age where I shouldn't have been going there anymore. You guys. Uh, oh no. It went defunct in 2001, like literally like an eon ago. <laughs> 20 years ago and Jeff's like yeah how about oh, yeah I would go there because they always had like zip lines and the rolly slides and all yes. sorts of cool stuff oh man I think I want to do that or I want to do legends of the hidden temple can we do that for my birthday that's what we should do yeah you're the planner just figure out everything we need order it set it up and then we'll show up okay cool maybe we'll do like maybe maybe what we'll do is set up a legends of the hidden temple in Jeff's backyard and recreate it oh god and then part of it this will be like, oh my, this is, I am inspired. You guys are hearing me plan my birthday party on air, I think. And then part of it could be like to run down the street to the bar and then like chug a beer is like one of the things. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh dear. I feel like a plot doable. is forming. This is incredibly doable. Wow. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Megan had no idea what she was doing when she decided to suggest this is a topic because we're spiraling real hard. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, I mean, I knew that was going to happen. So okay, I'm good. not, I'm not surprised. Cause I have about, we have like 10 days until my birthday to plan this. So like we can figure that out for sure. For everyone who needs the countdown and it's, it's on March 7th. So yeah. mark your calendars, tell Kelsey happy birthday on March 7th. Hey, March I'll be 7th. off that day. So. Oh, hail. March 7th is, is when I turn 21. So everyone, please wish me a happy <laughs> birthday. I don't, I don't have a job, so I'll be available if you need me. Okay, perfect. I will probably need you. Um, all right, guys. Well, yeah. Jeff, tell us about your ventures. Yeah, like, since, since, like, how about you give everyone a quick little update on what's going on in your life um, and where they can find you and all that jazz? Hi, my name is Jeff. I got tired of working in radio. I did it for 11 and a half years and I decided that I felt like my creativity level was at zero and I was exhausted and I was burned out, but I still like talking about sports and having fun. And I think that I probably should have had my own show a long time ago. So I'm just going to do it myself. YouTube.com slash Jeff Cavanaugh. And you can find me there from 7 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday is when I'm going to do my show. I've already set up for Monday, my first show. I will have Jose Trevino and Taylor Hearn from the Rangers on. I will have Skin Wade on. On Tuesday, I'll have Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus, and I'll have Patrick Walker from uh, CBS. And uh, I have to figure out which night of the week is going to be Ladies Night, where I'll have, like, you guys on Ladies and Emily Night. Jones and other people. 
I mean, so, yeah, I'm doing my thing. And he doesn't know it. We, he does know it. I'm hijacking a night anyways, as my own, because. That's oh, well, that'll be on ladies night. You're not allowed on man night. Yeah. We don't, we can only mansplain on ladies night. Yes. Ladies mansplain on ladies night. Can't wait for all the toxic comments on the channel that day. <laughs> Gonna be great. Yeah, I'm going to have to find people to be my moderators because right now as a one-man operation, when there's something terrible in the chat, I have to figure out how to click on it and remove it, but the chat moves fast, so I have to keep trying to scroll, click, scroll, click, hit ban. Oh, no, I hit click show the comment. Oh, my God, and it's all really bad. We just yell at them or, like, there's, like, you know, friends of Kelsey or friends of Megan that are, you know, tuning in, and then they'll just go and, like, attack them in the chat and be like, what's wrong with you? You're, you're an asshole and it works fine. So that can always be your interim solution. Yeah. Shaming is a good tool. It is a good tool, especially if you're a jerk. So don't be a jerk. Um, all right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to blogging boys podcast feed, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or Stitcher. Also follow Megan. I, I am on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. I'm also on Instagram at Hey, Kelsey Charles. And, uh, Megan is Meg Murray with four R's on everything. Uh, Jeff, one more time for the good people. Please go ahead and drop your YouTube channel and your handles because it's very important to us that you follow along with everything that he's doing. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh on YouTube. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh on Twitch. I'm time for Jeffrey on Twitter and InstaGs. Yay. All right, Meg. So um, as with every show that we like to close out, there's some really important words we like to leave the good people with. Dallas forever, Philly for never. Birds aren't real. Amen. Bye, guys.